This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Now I'm currently between jobs and that's not a euphemism for getting fired and (laughs) updating my LinkedIn to say looking for opportunities. Um, Like I I have a job that's coming up and that's cool. Uh, I have a job that ended a little while again, uh, a while ago and that's cool too. Right. And so what that means is I'm sort of on holiday. um, But what I'm trying to do is trying to do all that touchy feely stuff that you know you, you feel some compunction to do in life like thinking about goals and making like plans and like <laughs> stupid shit that like uh, uh, that I, I always when people are like you should do that I'm like I should do that and then I never do it <laughs> Pitch, are you slowly becoming a, like a motivational speaker or a coach of a motivational speaker Look, I want to coach coaches off motivational speakers. I think I think they really need to look look within and realize their greatness. Because who's coaching them? Yeah, exactly. everyone needs to be coached. It's and a as circle. I said before, they're already sold on the idea of coaching, so I don't really need to do a lot of a lot of work. You know, it's like, I love that your pitch is like you know how valuable a coach is. Yeah, yeah. like did you know that there's a different kind of coaching? <laughs> A better kind than the kind you're trying to do? I'm above you in the coaching, um, Eshon. FYI, I have a coach who's awesome. (laughs) But that's another story. (laughs) Um, Hi, Stuart. Hope you're well. Pete, if I became his coach, what does that mean? If I was his coach and he coaches you, that would really just mess up the whole power balance of this show. I probably actually wouldn't be able to deal with it. I'd be like, so what have you taught the person who teaches me stuff? Like, you know, like <laughs> it had really, it had really messed me up. And so, and so anyway, so, um, it, oh gosh, this is actually going a little deeper down that same rabbit hole. So like during this, during this in between jobs time, I'm like, all right, um, let's try to like, read some books and read some novels and read some history and read some behavioral economics and get the paper every day. And of course, you know, do the stuff that well, do the stuff that you don't do when you're you're like, when's the last time you got the paper and you weren't on holidays? Yeah. Good point. You know, like, 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 you know, and when's the last time you were like, Oh, I really should read that. You, You know, like how behavioral economics is like super approachable, easy to read economics in like two and a half page chapters. Pitch, you know my viewpoint on books, but yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> this book has like 90 chapters in 200 pages. It is the sort of book for you, I reckon. <laughs> I like a book with short chapters because you feel like you've accomplished it. Sh- like-, Sh- like, again, I don't want to assign this as friendship homework, but it's by this guy, Rory Sutherland, who I really want you to like, who's the vice chairman of Ogilvy. 
He's like an advertising creative. Peach, I don't believe in advertising. I don't trust oh, anyone who likes advertising. He sort advertising. of doesn't either. Like, I'm like, you'd be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, but anyway, um, I'm not going to name the other um, source because it's super embarrassing. Um, but it's one of these wishy-washy idiots who I'm embarrassed to have <laughs> influencing my brain. <laughs> and anyway... What this wishy-washy idiot had to say was, um, it, it actually, it must have just caught me when I was drunk or tired or emotional in some way. And he's like, look, Peach, it, like he wasn't addressing me directly, but his manner makes you feel like it's a real intimate little moment. Um, so he said something along the lines of, um, let life touch you, right? Which sort of sounds bullshitty and wishy-washy on the surface, right? To be, to be honest, to be honest, and I just want to preface this, you know, we, we do talk about like LinkedIn influencers a lot and we pay it out. But <laughs> at the same at the same time, everybody in the world sort of fell in love with uh, Marie Kondo's give away anything that doesn't bring joy into your life. Like I don't see too much of a, you know, a separation between that sort of sort of pop psychology and, you know, what you're talking about now. I think that's the seductive nature of it all. Because you get seduced in with like, yeah, I'll throw away the pairs of trousers I haven't worn in two years. But but I also would say you hit the nail on the head before when you said these things grab you at your lowest point. Like no one joins Hillsong when they're successful oh. and they're having a great time. People join Hillsong when they broke up with someone. Like there are no super successful people who are like, I want to add one more feather to my cap. I'm going to start believing in QAnon. Like these cults get you when you're no, at your lowest. No, no, no. That's the Scientology selling point. The Scientology selling point is the opposite of what you just said. They're the only mm. one that is like, Shag, you're rich and wealthy. You deserve it. And here's how. <laughs> you should just not feel bad at all about anything. Like, don't worry. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's right that it's right that there are poor people. Fuck them. This actually goes back to the this goes back to the prosperity Christianity that Kanye's all about, where it's like, if you have a lot of money. That probably means you're a good person. And it's like, well, I am a good person. I've got heaps of money. But this is how tithing works. Of like, just pay your tithe, Kanye, and I'll tell God that everything's <laughs> that you're straight. Don't you don't you worry about it. <laughs> Me and God will sort it all out for you. Sixty eight million in back taxes. Yeah, sick. Anyway, where is this going? Because this is so, a movie. This is Get ready to get embarrassed at how directly relevant this, this anecdote is about to become. Because <laughs> you're gonna feel cloud you're gonna get cloud. Get ready. So what um, this wishy-washy um, um, suggestion is, is is let life touch you. And you're like, yeah, okay, fucking fine, awesome. And he's like, look, read a novel and be sad about a sad novel. Um, you know, watch a comedy and enjoy the laughter and, you know, lean into the fact that you're being effective, affected. Like, be open-minded, be open to the world around you. Like, be sad about sad things, be happy about happy things. And let life touch you, engage with it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Am I closing myself off and running away from a whole um, like strata of human experience by just burying my head in the sand and being willfully, strategically ignorant, closing my eyes and ears to a whole range of human experience? And in doing that, am I becoming a less developed and less interesting and less happy and less complete and less blah 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 sort of a person 
and you know I haven't told my coach that I'm not scared of horror films and and but maybe Stuart and I'll have to work to work through how that affects I'll um, tell Stuart building to, a legal practice I'll yeah. tell Stuart to ask you about your you know feelings about horror films I'll, I'll just be like hey you really have to build a better rapport with him by talking about his wider fears outside of the legal practice have you ever thought about getting into coach 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 coaching <laughs> Because I've got just the, there's a guy I know who does coach, 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 coaching. <laughs> but so I'm like, this is all leading me closer and closer to watching a horror film, frankly. And if you were like, oh, guess what? I'm standing behind you. We're watching one right now. I'd be almost like, oh, shit. Okay, let's do it. So I, I'm getting closer and closer and closer to watching one, I think. I love this, that at your most vulnerable, you become very suggestible. You have a life coach who is giving you interesting advice, which is all, no, which is good advice. I'm not going to like... I should say, like, I should say, just so I'm not too super embarrassed listening back to this, that he's an executive coach for highly successful senior lawyers only. And so it's kind of like, it's it's not let's hold hands and sing kumbaya coaching. It's like... Where's that fucking lawyer money coming from, Poich? But um, but but yeah. And 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 he's gone by that. No, no, no. But I think what what you've touched on there is so awesome, and I think gets to like the the key about why you know I wanted to do this podcast and why I think like despite all the crazy tangents we've gone on, despite mm. how it organically became a pitch for us to be sponsored by Reshes, which still hasn't happened, by the way. I don't know what's mm. happening there, Reshes. Could we call it Resh's Eyes Up or Resh's Presents <laughs> Eyes Up or something like that? Like, I, I, I feel like we're just just sending ideas. We're just spitting them out every day. And Resh's are sitting there being like, well, oh, I'll probably spit out another one soon. Like, there may come a time, Resh's, when we're not here for you. Like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, anyone else could come knock on the door. Some natural wine producer could say oh, that. Oh, shout out P&V, the best, uh, the oh, best P&V alcohol store. have already done a bit of sponsorship on this pod. Well, no, I know. And it's like, they just, we, like why are we shouting out Reshes when P&V hooked you up when no one else would? Exactly. I'm drinking a, 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 a pet nut from P&V that like, how their whole thing is like, we're not even going to tell you anything about it. It's just a crazy label. And I'm like, oh yeah, love those crazy label ones. <laughs> I literally buy alcohol from there based on the label. I'm like, that's 100%. a good label. And, and sometimes I get a bit surprised by the price of the checkout, but that's that classic thing about being an adult. You're never allowed to let that get to you. You have to be like, yes. It's like, of course I'm paying $45 a bottle. There's wax on the top. Like, obviously... Someone's written chalk down the side. It is worth $45. I understand. But, 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 here's where I wanted to get to. Here's where I wanted to get to. Well, wait, hang on. Like, aren't I driving? Like... Yeah, but, 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 but I'm taking over. I'm taking over because your point's great. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's You're really important. coach me out of this, <laughs> coach me out of this hole. Because I think as all humans have a, like an array of like experiences that, you know, no matter what sort of, like, you know, socioeconomic group they're in, no matter what culture, no matter what, like, you know, within reason, pretty mm. much everyone has sort of access to experiencing and it sucks if you close yourself off to some of them. And, you know, like, sorry if this is, like, TMI, but some, like, one of them is, like, having a great poo. Like, everyone can enjoy having a great poo, right? Oh, oh can I, can I support that by interrupting? This almost winds back to your bidet point 
and we may be having an upcoming collab. Uh, look, I don't want to throw you under the bus, Jack, but I think I listened to more Too Scary Didn't Watch than you do, and, and that's just awesome. We're all living different lives around here. <laughs> what, what you may not know is that my, like... Uh, fear of bidets is also um, a fear that Emily and Henley had of bidets and so they were the peach of that podcast in relation to a fear of bidets and Sammy was very pro bidet and so she was the shag in relation to bidets and she's now convinced both Emily and Henley to, to get bidets and so they're all on the pro bidet train I want to break this down for you like it is a sensitive part of your body you could wipe <sighs> very cheap coarse paper across, like grind it across it like create that friction or you could just gently squirt it with like warmed water and both do the same thing Jake, like I'm I'm in behavioral economics mode like you're not going to suggest me out of this like as behavioral economists <laughs> over at advertising firms like Ogilvy would know I've already formed my view and logic can't 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 break no, it down. No, no, emotion has to do it. And that's why most ads aren't like, here are the facts about our product. They're like, yeah. here's a cool brand that you should think is cool. Like that's that's how you get people to do stuff, right? Like For me it's like imagine how cool you'd feel like putting a hose really near your butt. And I'm like, that just doesn't <laughs> that doesn't seem that cool to me. <laughs> but but okay, well that I mean bidets are only one of them. Like something I was thinking about the other day. Food is really open to anyone because the most delicious foods in the world are generally the cheapest. Like real talk the, when people are like, what is your death row meal? It's never some ridiculous like three hundred dollar ten course deal. Yeah, let's have caviar and foie gras and fucking whatever. It's never that shit. It's mm. like some pizza. It's it's like a burger. It's a salad. It's mum's roast. It's something like that. You know the mm. be- You know so so that's another thing. So it's like you know a, like a fun toilet session <laughs> and, in, and a really enjoyable meal. There's a few others there that I really don't have to go into detail. Is but one of them is enjoying being scared. Like and everybody can can absolutely experience that. And you know what, Peach? What's interesting about this one is because of that, I wanted to do a film today that's. I'm surprised we haven't done already that I've actually never seen. It's from 1988 and to this day still scares the shit out of me having never seen it. Like still fills me with dread when I think about it. So today on Spooko, I am reading the Wikipedia synopsis to you but also reading it to myself of Child's Play. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! Hi, <laughs> I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Miss Pierce is dead, Miss Barclays. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. The re- one of the reasons why I actually wanted to do this is, you know, before, whenever we do this podcast, like we record this once a week, and you often send me. I like just a couple of notes about things you're thinking about beforehand. And one of the things you sent this week really struck me. And I think it's absolutely true. First of all, we haven't done a bit of a goofy 80s horror film in a while. 
And then you sort of raised a, a, a wider sort of point about, like, you know, in horror, is the sort of goofy 80s, you know, so bad it's good sort of horror thing dead? And I think that's really interesting because, like, in 2020, horror films are often really moody. They don't really explain what's going on. Everything's mm. like an allegory for dementia. And, in fact, we're going to do a movie in a couple <laughs> of weeks' time that's, like, the whole time it's, like... Like, it couldn't be more clear that, by the way, this movie's about dementia, and it's kind of annoying the way it does that. But we're going to do it, because that was an amazing ending. It's called Relic. We're going to get oh, there. Oh, so it's like, we've seen The Babadook. That's about grief. Now this one's about dementia. Sick. It's 100% that. And the whole time, it's like, oh, do we really believe this crazy old woman? What's going on with... Is she a ghost? Or is... She, you know, like, it just... Like, it's, it's so clear. So it's kind of cool to go back to an era where... This wasn't a metaphor. They weren't making a wider point about society. It was like, <laughs> let's create a super spooky, scary scenario that happens and try to just, like, really freak people out. Now, before we go too far, like, I obviously have to acknowledge that this film seemed to indirectly inspire, like, a couple of, like, pretty awful murders over the years. Like, not, like, not really inspired, but people cited it as something they liked and then they went off and did horrible things. So, like, obviously I have to acknowledge that. Uh, you know, so... Can I, just with apology, why, why do you have to... If, if you don't look at the whole context of something, like, you don't yeah, get okay. the whole picture. So, yeah. like, I, so I truly believe that this is... this. You know, this, to me, holds a very special place in my heart in the, in the sense that I remember a friend of mine who saw it in, like, the later years of primary school, so maybe year five, year six, mm. describing beat by beat what happened and just thinking... And this was, like, pre-internet, right? So yep. you, there's no way of knowing what happens in a film except if someone tells you about it or if you see yep. it yourself. And if someone tells you, you can't really... You, you, there's no way of knowing that that's true. So I remember just thinking, being like, they can't put that in. Like, that's just awful. And then just the thoughts, the images that I created in my mind of this film stuck with me till, like, well into my 20s. Like, even now, it's the one of the few scary movies, like, more than, like, Hereditary, more than, like, any of you know, more than Martyrs, more than any of these things that actually sticks with me and just makes me feel a bit sort of like, you know, that, that, that queasy, uncomfortable, off-axis feeling that, you know, a truly effective spooko movie can do. That is fascinating because um, it seems to me that then there is a form of these films that are too, there are, that are too scary for you, that you are too spooked out by and that you've chosen to avoid. And, and it, it's interesting because, you know, Professor Dumbledore style, even though Dumbledore's been cancelled and Joanna's been cancelled and everyone's cancelled. Harry Potter is too big to be cancelled. I think Medium JK, cancel. like, yeah, okay. like people feel, pause, people feel conflicted, people feel conflicted about it, but like, there's yeah, no, okay. like, there's no way. Like, it's the same way with, it's like, by the time Kanye was supporting Trump, he was like, it, there was no, he was uncancelable. Do you know, like, when it turned yeah. out Drake was a deadbeat dad, it's like, everyone's like, oh, crazy Drake. Like, of, co- <laughs> of course Drake would do that. Like, it's, yeah, like, it's like, I can't believe nice guy Drake is not a good guy. Yeah, like, at some point, like, you can't cancel the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just not going to happen. It's just pervaded culture too much. And so what, what Dumbledore would say about courage is that it's not the absence of fear, it is the confronting of that fear, right? Mm-hmm. This is good life coach stuff for you to learn, Jack. <laughs> Maybe I coach you. Maybe it's a weird circle. I told you, <laughs> of course coach coaching is a Because everyone learns something along the step of the way. And I think, I think why that's important is because you need to realise that the coach isn't 
better than you at the thing you're being coached mm. on. The coach just fills in gaps and helps you fulfill your journey of being whatever you want to be. So then if the coach is a circle, like that's the perfect representation of what coaching should be. Because every every coach feeds off the coach before them, so like so I like and and then I guess the only thing is it's like what's the perfect size of a coach circle? It's three too small. Do we need ah, to have more? Yes. Do we need to have what? Do we need to have someone that you're coaching who's coaching me? But it's three it's three white dudes as well. So I suspect <laughs> it becomes the echo chamber of like we're the best. So like all our ideas are the best. <laughs> you don't have to try that hard. But it's fine. <laughs> so the the very about, small amount that we try is enough. <laughs> Yeah, the market's wrong. The market is wrong and we are right. And like, look, we're not like a woke podcast. Like, we're whatever. But like, once you spot white mediocrity, it's all you can see. It's mm. crazy. But anyway, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. Check so out anyway. Instagram page. <laughs> so, 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 This is a film I've seen that you haven't, which I think is a spooko first. I saw it at the classic late primary school sleepover and until seeing Lady in Black it was the most recent horror film I had seen at Ben Chilliberti's house with like six you know whatever age you are 11 or 12 year olds in the room of like we hired all these sick movies and I was like yeah okay cool <laughs> and this <laughs> and and there was the young the tween boy peer pressure of like ugh you're not too scared to watch it, are you? And I was like, of course I'm not too scared, you dumb idiots. <laughs> I'll watch this. I bet you're too scared. And so um, it was the movie that convinced me I was too scared to watch horror movies, pretty much. So it's interesting. So it's the circle. It's the coaching it circle. Is, it's the coaching circle. This is all that's happening. Like, this is the Spooko circle. The Spooko circle is a circle of two. So it's a Spooko line that just goes back and forth. From A to that's B, all it is. right back to A again. Awesome. That, that's all it is. Can we, like, I don't ever want to send Golden Child to a same-sex school because I believe they're the most unnatural environments and they're just not cool. Like, I went to an all-boys school growing up and I remember those moments and it just seems so crazy now that you you fall into this weird bubble group thing where it's like, of course I'm not scared to do this thing that doesn't matter and no one cares about. Like, you're like, I, you know, you know, the funniest thing, the funniest thing was that everybody, everybody was like, who would masturbate? Like right up until, for some reason, like right up until year 11, everyone, everyone was like, as if I wouldn't, you like, why would anyone do it? Except, except once, once we hit year 11, everyone was like, I do it all the time. It's awesome. We're like, and I don't remember when it happened, but everybody all of a sudden changed. Anyway, sorry, that is way TMI, TMI. Anyway, let's keep going. I sort of remember that. Like there being a congratulatory vibe of like, oh yeah, cool, congrats. <laughs> Good <on you. laughs> yeah. Anyway. Alright, so So Child's play is a pretty good movie. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. I think mm. Child's play has you know caused a pretty massive dent into pop culture. But when you actually yeah, look is- at the is it the Haunted Doll movie? Like, is it the definitive Haunted Doll film? Oh, without a doubt. Like, I mean, there were ones before it, but none lived in people's minds like this one. But yet, 
It only made $44 million. And yes, that's 1988, so potentially that's the most money that anyone had ever seen in 1988. <laughs> Still, it just doesn't seem like that much. Surely its budget was $12.20. Like, you buy the doll. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right, so let, let's, let's talk about Charts Play, okay? So it starts with a character called Charles Lee Ray. He's a fugitive and he's a serial killer. And he's being chased through the streets of Southside Chicago by homicide detective Mike Norris. You would have been too scared to see this, Shaq. I'm so glad you didn't see this. You oh my gosh! This I would have. Uh, like I, I would still ever so slightly freak out. I was fine. Don't you? Don't you love the idea of it's like you know we have been sold on the idea of big American cities and like going there and trying all the food and enjoying the culture and stuff. Now it's weird to go back to the 80s when people were like. Don't go to New York or don't go to Chicago. Like, you'll get robbed on the street. You know what I mean? It's like, it used to be, like, these places were scary. Like, the inner city, it's like, avoid them. Now they're like, you know, like, you know, the country based its entire tourism plan around them. And it's, now it's like, don't don't go to upstate New York or you go to the sunken place. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because everything's like, oh, now it's about racism, where it's like, before it was like, no, this is just about a scary doll. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And like, no shade on Jordan Peele. They're great films, but, you know, sometimes you just want to be spooked. Anyway, uh, because it's one of the true great pleasures of life, the circle of Spooko. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do this. All right, all right. As I will come to learn. So, so Charles E. Ray is fleeing through the streets of Southside Chicago, uh, chased by homicide detective Mike Norris, who shoots him several times. Ray's accomplice, Eddie Caputo, these names are just, no one tried with these <laughs> names. <laughs> Eddie Caputo escapes in a getaway vehicle without him. Charles E. Ray breaks into a toy shop and, realizing that he's dying, performs a Haitian voodoo spell to transfer his soul into one of the good guy dolls. So the, so they set it up by being like, there are these cool new dolls, you know, everyone should have a good guy. Like, it has some sort of, like, fun jingle around it. Um, but anyway, so he, he does this Haitian voodoo spell. And, you know, one of the other things I want to talk about is in maybe last episode or the episode before you talked about, it's kind of annoying when they don't really go into enough detail about like what's happening they don't really explain like why it's happening and a cool thing about it takes courage to do that it takes Mm. courage and in 80s films they're like here is everything here's ever like they explain every step of the way like even freddie was like well he was a child molester in a town and then the town didn't like him so they burnt him to death and that's why he's scarred and he came back because he was a gardener and that's why he has the knives and he haunts them in the you know what like every step of the way like it's still you know it's still scary even though every step of the way they're like here's exactly why all of these things happen and it's the same with this film which i kind of enjoy i kind of like that it's a haitian voodoo spell that, which, again, I'm like, is that is that cool? Is that a thing that is cool that we can talk about? But anyway, <laughs> hey, that's that's what the film's about. Um, but anyway, so he transfer, transfers his soul into one of the good guy dolls, causing the store to be struck by lightning and explode. So Mike Norris, who is the detective who was chasing him, survives the explosion and re-enters the shop, only to find Charles's dead body and the doll. So the following day, widow Karen Barkley unknowingly put per- like being defined as a widow is like not the coolest. <laughs> yeah, as well, like you are you are defined not even by the guy, some idiot bloke who's still here. It's like some fucking guy who died 
defines who you are, even still, even yeah. in his death. You have the black mark. Fuck um, that. So, yeah, so widow Karen Barkley unknowingly purchased the doll, which now calls itself Chucky because it's Charles Lee Ray, which I never actually, oh. I, I haven't picked up on until I read this. Uh, so unknowingly purchased the doll from a homeless toddler as a, oh no, from a homeless peddler. As a, sorry, I put that line down my screen. A homeless toddler would have been very upsetting. <laughs> I must say. It would have been so fucked. Hey, you want this? You want this doll? <laughs> sorry, what, was your, what was your toddler voice again? Hey. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm in hey. 80s big city America. Hey, you want this doll? Hey, I'm two years old. <laughs> I'm two years old here. <laughs> Grabbing its crotch, going snappy, being like, hey, once. <laughs> but he seems like he does snappy calls about it. Hey, go change your old diaper. I'm walking, I'm walking here. I don't know. <laughs> Telling people that he's walking here all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm crawling here. Hey, hey. <laughs> Seth Seth what's his name is is not my favorite bloke but the idea of a funny talking baby like I do think is a fun idea like regardless of the fact it's not amazing in the broad scheme of things the idea of a sort of maniacal talking baby is is a fun idea and I would counter that by saying family guy is worse for the world than entourage so May we never talk it? about like, it again. I, I saw like six or seven episodes and was like, yeah, okay. That was 20 years ago. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. There's some jokes in here. It's not really my thing. Like all dudes my age, at, at some point I was like, family guy's so funny. And then I got to a point where I was like, wow, why is every joke about hitting women? And the joke is like, oh, he hit that woman. That's a bad thing to do. And then, and then the more you dig into it, the more you're like, wow, this show really hates women. And then Seth did that number at the Oscars where he's like, I saw your boobs. I saw your boobs. And it's just like, fuck this guy. What? So, yeah, never, never. Like, Okay, like, cool. So I am allowed to hate Seth. Seth the oh, guy. please, please do. He's Sick. a terrible guy. He's a bad actor. He casts himself in heaps of things. He'll be remembered poorly on like heaps of cash, but with no one around him who likes him. Like, it's a best case scenario. Is Ricky Gervais well regarded? Ricky Gervais. I don't I don't quite have a fee I don't quite have a read on this. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is a tough one, right? Because the English office is like unquestionable. Like it's a it's a perfect show. You can't fault it. The problem is Ricky Gervais is actually David Brent. And more and more, Ricky Gervais is like, it's crazy, I can't say whatever I want. Like, that's what comedy is. It's saying whatever I want and offending people. And it's like, well, that's not... It's not like... It's not 100% what comedy is. <laughs> it's more is. just being mean. Like, like... The worst, the worst line is like, well, if you're offended, it's your fault. It's like, how does that even work? You said the thing. Like, how can that possibly work? I can't take responsibility for the impact of my actions. That's your... If you're impacted by what I do, then that's your concern. Anyway, anyway. But I'm doing comedy. Please. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. And that's, and that's the Ricky Gervais thing. He's like, I should own my consequences except... Anything I say on stage and make lots yeah, of money. Yeah, it was from. a joke on stage. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so this widow has bought Chucky from a homeless toddler. No, from a homeless peddler. 
As a hey, bir- I'm selling stuff here. <laughs> As a birthday gift for her six-year-old son, Andy Barclay. Let, I, I also love that they've told us her name's Karen Barclay, but then her son is Andy Barclay. Anyway, later that evening, <laughs> like, what six-year-old has a second name? What six-year-old do you know is like, this is their name and their second name? No, you don't, me. Earn, you don't earn your second name till like, you're like at least 25. Uh, until then. Short, like, it's definitely not when you're still in short pants. An expression recently used that I had to like work through of like, oh, that's right. <laughs> You used to have to earn getting out of shorts and into long pants. Like you earn your pen license, you earn long pants, you earn your blazer, you earn people calling you by your second name. And like, here's the crazy thing, even if you're in a friendship group with lots of like Toms, they find different ways. They're like little Tom and Tom like whatever. No one is like Thomas McMullen. It doesn't make any sense. Why would anyone do that? Grown ups only. Yeah, exactly. Much like this podcast and our coaching circle. (laughs) All right. Okay. So later that evening, Karen's best friend Maggie babysits Andy while Karen is working late. After Andy's bedtime, Maggie finds Chucky sitting in front of a television turned to an evening newscast about Charles Lee Ray. I also love the horror movie trope that the news talks about like murderers on the run. They're like, this is the, this is the thing everyone needs to hear about tonight. And oh, look, fuck, maybe that was a thing in the 80s. It is definitely not a thing now. I don't want to get too much into subjudice contempt of court, but but yes, for 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 reasons including subjudice contempt, <laughs> it does not happen in real life the way it happens in. And it might affect the court case. They can't talk about it. Shag, you have just described subjudice contempt more eloquently than I have ever done. She returns the doll to bed, but is then hit in the face with a hammer and falls out a window to her death. The police search the apartment, and Detective Norris deems Andy a suspect. And remember, this is a this is a town with pretty tough toddlers. <laughs> six-year-old so. child is a suspect. <laughs> like a six-year-old child who cannot be convicted of murder is a suspect for murder. Like well, we might have to bring this kid in for questioning. <laughs> What's his motive here? Hey, I'm killing mum here. <laughs> So before going back to bed, Andy claims Chucky killed Maggie. Karen angrily tells the police to leave. The next morning, Chucky orders Andy to skip school and take the Chicago L train downtown. While Andy is distracted, Chucky sneaks into Eddie's house and kills him by causing a gas explosion. Oh yeah, Eddie, yeah, Eddie's Ed, the accomplice Eddie before. Eddie Caputo, yeah. Mm. Um, Andy's once again deemed a suspect and is placed in a psychiatric hospital after again claiming like, a sus- that- like again like you can't <laughs> arrest like <laughs> you can't arrest a child <laughs> when Karen picks up the good guys box and a pack of batteries drop out Karen realises that Chucky has been functioning without them unnerved Karen starts a fire and threatens to burn Chucky causing him to violently spring to life in her arms he attacks her before running out of the apartment that thought because I know what like the tangents we've got on this episode but the idea of like being scared of an evil doll and then it's suddenly coming to life in your arms attacking you and then being small enough to run away so you don't know where it is even just thinking about that fills me with like you know inner goose bubbles but I also feel like there'd be that tiniest, really small person inside me of like, I was right. 
you know because <laughs> you know if the gaslighting had been of me had been as vicious as I'm sure it was in this film I was like Peach you're crazy you're, like, you're mad there's no evil doll I'd be like uh, <laughs> you see in a previous episode you were like does gaslighting ever happen to dudes in this film it does but he's six <gasps> years old <laughs> Never to adult men. Yeah, okay. So Karen goes to the police station and explains what happened, but Mike does not believe her. Okay, so now she's been gaslit. So ever, so, no. so it does come... It's a gaslighting circle, and it's come <laughs> back to her. So Karen finds the peddler and asks for more information on where he found the doll. Now, this is one of those, like, Wikipedia sentences that... Okay, just... Okay. It, it covers a multitude of sins. As the peddler attempts to sexually assault her, uh, uh. Mike rescues her, and the pair forces the peddler to admit that he took the doll from the demolished toy store. I really hope he got arrested after this. But I love that he's like, I'm not telling you where I got the doll. That's <laughs> too important. It's too important that I don't tell you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, her, like horrific her, the the horrifying nature of a sexual assault that's also a bizarre and strange choice to make Karen again tries to convince Mike that the doll is alive but he refuses to believe her insisting that he killed Charles Lee Ray after driving Karen home Mike is attacked by Chucky and in the ensuing fight Chucky is shot and his wound inexplicably bleeds and causes pain, which is interesting because the one thing they don't really... Like, they go into explaining, like, why it bled, but I would like to go into... that. Like, a long time ago, uh, there used to be these books that looked into the inside of, like, buildings, and it would go, like... It'd be, like, an X-ray of a building or an X-ray of a battleship or, like, you know, if it was, like, super cool, it'd be an X-ray of, like, a Star Wars Star Destroyer. Oh, where where yeah, you'd yeah. actually be able to see the levels and how they all worked and how they were put together and stuff. And I kind of want one of them for Chucky in this... Because I, I want to know how he works, like, what his skeleton looks like, what internal <laughs> organs he has. You know, like, I'm curious about that stuff, right? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so... <clears throat> So, I love this. Chucky flees to his former voodoo instructor. And again, he's a Haitian voodoo instructor, but his name is John. I'm just like, just try, like, do like a little bit of research into like Haitian culture. Be like, what's a common, like literally, all, and like I know the internet didn't exist, but you would like, you would look, you'd go to the library. You'd I was going to say, the internet didn't exist. Like, do you remember relying on the Dewey Decimal System mm. or like those like big wooden banks where you'd pull out a hugely long thing and go, but, 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 Go and like get, like, you know, hire, I can't even remember what you, talk, borrow? You called it borrowing a book. Go borrow a book from the library. <laughs> we, you know, about Heidi, like Haiti? Haiti. About Haiti. Haiti. Um, about Haiti. And, like, find the first, like, you know, name of someone from Haiti and be like, cool, I'm going to... Like, don't just call it John, the voodoo instructor. Like, screw that. But anyway, uh, John informs Charles that the, the longer Chucky stays in the doll, the more human he will become. Chucky demands that John help him reverse the spell, but John refuses. Chucky tortures John into revealing that in order to escape the doll, Chucky must transfer his soul into Andy the first human he revealed himself to. Like, I kind of love that 
if you actually think about how that spell works, it doesn't... Because it's like, yeah. where, do, like, where does that kid's soul go? Like, if he can just transfer his soul, what happens to that kid's soul? Like, does it just disappear? And, like, Sunken why place, is it... Like, yeah. is where I'm at. And, yeah. the, like, <laughs> Jordan Peele had the courage to say where that kid's soul went. <laughs> 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 Two decades later. Anyway, meanwhile, Chuck Three kill- decades later. Far three- out. Yeah, my God. Three decades later. Chucky kills John and escapes. Karen and Mike arrive shortly afterward. Before dying, John tells them that although Chucky is a doll, his heart is fully human at this point and vulnerable to fatal injury. That's why I want to see like an inside cross cross section yeah. of it because it's like he might have a heart, but is there a stuffing? Like, are there veins? Like, and if he needs blood, does he need to eat? Does he need to sleep? Like, all of these questions would be so interesting to answer. He has sex in a later movie, does he not? He does. We should get to that eventually. <laughs> that might be the most disturbing thing I ever saw as a teenager. Because it was a marketed as like a teenage fun film. And I don't know if I was a teenager, but I definitely saw it in an age where, you know, it, like I was impressionable enough to be highly disturbed by Jennifer Tilly as his girlfriend in doll form having sex with him as a doll. And I just... I, there, there are things that like... Make that, that, that sounds person. extremely we've, we've upsetting. Talk, and we've talked about this. There are things that make you a worse person for seeing, and that's one of them. And you know, if in any, you know, there are many times when I'm like, Shag, you're not the best guy, and I should probably trace it back to that and be like, I probably shouldn't have seen that. That's my fault. Anyway, all right. Chucky arrives at the hospital where Andy is being held. Chucky kills a doctor again. Chucky's a doll. Like that's. I mean, The Simpsons when they parodied this did a very good job of being like, he's a doll. Yes, he's got the element of surprise. Yes, it's creepy, but you should be able to just like drop kick him across the room. Like, uh, yeah, I I expect I would be able to overpower a doll. Like, <laughs> it would be very surprising and scary. Let's say he's like a solid like forty centimeters high, right? Mm-hmm. You know, probably can't move that fast because his leg span's mm-hmm. smaller. He's carrying though like a very sharp kitchen knife. What's your strategy? He's like launching at you with this kitchen knife. Oh, yeah, I'd be like, oh, like I'd kind of be like, all right, what's it like? Because, <laughs> like, like, even the sharpest knives, like, Shag, you're, you're experienced in the kitchen. You know, if I take the sharpest knife in your, like, in your drawer and try to cut your neck with it, like, I'm, I'm probably not actually going to be able to do that no. straight away. And he's not going to be able to reach your neck anyway. I actually kind of think you, like... You would just have to time your, like, kick. You'd just be like, okay, he's coming at me. I'm going to swing. Like, I'm, my leg might get cut. That's fine. Mm. But I'm going to kick him into the nearby wall. Does he feel pain? Does Chucky feel pain? Yeah, he feels pain because he's half human. Well, yeah. Like, should, like, and then you just wait, put a brick on top of him or something. Like <laughs> yeah, he's you just be like, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, meanwhile, Chucky's killed a doctor. And in the process, Andy escapes and flees home. Chucky follows him and knocks him unconscious. As Chucky prepares to possess him, Karen and Mike arrive to stop him. I also, like, again, I haven't seen this, but the idea of, like, a doll creating, like, a voodoo spell and trying to possess a kid freaks me out. That, that thought is That is deeply scary. Yeah, man, that's a super scary thought. So Chucky slashes Mike's leg, but is then tossed into the fireplace by Karen. Andy drops a lit match in it, burning Chucky. Karen and Andy leave the room to help Mike, but a charred Chucky escapes the fireplace and chases Andy. That freaks me out too. 
Karen shoots Chucky several times and he is again presumed to be dead. Mike's partner, Jack, arrives at the apartment, initially refusing to believe the trio's story. Chucky's body bursts through, the, through an air vent to strangle Jack. During the struggle, Mike shoots Chucky in the head, finally killing him. And it's... I do enjoy the 80s horror movie trope where there's no story left to tell. It's like, well, we killed the bad guy. Like, what else would we say? End of the, like, credits roll sort of thing. Oh, really? Bang. It's like, bang. It's like, cool, that's the end. Because it's like, well, I mean, that's the story we came to tell. There's no lingering threads we need to clear up. Like, Chucky's dead. I bloody love the the synopsis. Yeah. I I bloody love the synopsis. Yeah. Um, and um, but I did love a postscript as well. Like I feel like in 2020, that's what the Marvel films have taught us. Of like, oh, we just took you on there for a film shake, but don't worry, we'll just have some nice gentle end bits to just, you know, <laughs> we cast our little spell there, and we'll just keep you like, oh yeah, we'll tell you a couple more stories before you go. On. Don't you worry about it. We got you. So so you know we, we we've talked about you know marketing and you know advertising and like the fact that you know facts don't make people do stuff right like. Mm. Pretty much, you know, it, it's emotion or tricking them into doing something by being like, this is a thing that you're doing that you're enjoying and you're actually doing something else. So mm. for a long time, I've had friends and, you know, relatives and people in my life and not me, but people in my life who believe it's rude to leave a film once the credits start rolling because you should sit through and you should acknowledge all the people who made the film that you just sat through, right? Like, and mm. I remember that that was absolutely a viewpoint and it's, it's fair enough. And what Marvel has done, it's made sitting through the credits mandatory. Now, they do it by being like, something might be coming, but the, the result is the same. You sit through the credits. And I think in terms of like a way to get people to respect the art of movie making, Marvel doesn't get enough credit. Shag, I think the Eyes Up credits are just going to have <laughs> five names <laughs> that will start playing like across the bottom <laughs> at the last five minutes of the film. So no one has to hang around if they don't want to. Well, anyway, we should stop being so meta. Um, quick message to Reshers. Really enjoyed the uh, orange wine I just had then that I got from P&V Liquors. It was delicious. So, Reshers, what is up? Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Reshers, what's up?